This is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield from The Lynn Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is The Wealth Puzzle with Michael Mansfield. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield with Wealth Puzzle Radio. Hey, this is a um, this is a solo flight for me today. I'm going to be doing this by myself. You know, I've been doing radio shows, which have always been podcasts for over four years, and this is the first time I get to do it all by my lonesome. Uh, typically, I've got my good friend, my co-host Tony Shore here, but unfortunately today he had some other stuff to do, so we're we're going to do this on our own, and that's okay. So, hey, interesting show. I've been getting a lot of calls, a lot of emails. I've been talking to clients. And there's been obviously a big conversation about the trade war with China. This is an issue. It impacts our economy. It impacts our peace of mind. It's raising a lot of client questions on what we should or shouldn't be doing and things like that. And so I wanted to break down some of the recent events because you know what's funny is I'm a man of numbers. I don't like emotions. I think emotions are a terrible way to make investment decisions. But numbers are beneficial. History is beneficial. Statistics, data, quantitative analysis. Those are the things that we use to make good informed decisions. And I've always discussed that stuff. I love to talk about economics. I love to talk about where we're at um, with all of the data and the information. I mean, we broke down the yield curve a couple weeks ago. Actually got some interesting feedback on that. People like that example that I used of how the yield curve works and the inversion and the relevance of it versus where we're at right now and all that kind of stuff. But hey, let's talk about this trade war thing. My problem is, is gosh, I got, I don't have Tony or anyone here to, to offset me. So I got to just, I got to just talk and, and I guess attempt to entertain myself here. So look, we're in a trade war with China. We've, had, we've never had a good significant trade agreement with China, really, for anybody's lifetime. If anybody's ever seen a, a trade deal with China, please call me and let me know about it, but it hasn't existed. And what's happened is, as our economy has been strong, the president has taken it upon himself to say, hey, look, let's try to get a better trade deal with China. They steal our intellectual property. They undercut our manufacturing. They do all of these things that have negative impacts on our GDP, our economy, our well-being, our lifestyle. And so let's try to approach this with them. And I believe his opinion was, is look, the economy is strong. Let's do this now with a strong economy. Even though there's volatility, there's drama associated with it. Now is the time to do it because if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? So look, right, wrong, indifferent, it doesn't really matter what we think of politics, of the president, of the trade war. This is what's happening right now. And to be fair is if you follow any smart people and even myself, I read and I study and I research a lot and, and where are we at? You know, we're, we're already through summer of 2019 here and any smarty pants person that you followed said this would have been dealt with and done and up on the hangar over a year ago. And last year, by this time, everyone said, oh, by the fourth quarter, it'll be done. And then by the end of the year, it'll be done. And then by the first quarter, it'll be over. And it just keeps going. You know, and it wasn't until about a couple of weeks ago that it really kind of went to that that new round. Um, a couple of weeks ago, 
China came out proactively on a Friday and said, you know what? In response to potential tariffs that we have September 1st and December 15th of this year, we are going to raise tariffs 5 and 10% on $75 billion of goods. And, you know, it's kind of funny because it was on a Friday. It was, you know, always trade tension, but it wasn't a direct response to something that had just happened that moment. And then later that day, the president comes back out and basically says, hey, you know what? Fine. If you're doing it, we're doing more. So he raised an additional 10% tariff on $300 billion of goods. So we're just kind of, you know, these two big kids in the yard shoving each other kind of event here. And this is tough. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to approach this. Um, nobody wants tariffs. Nobody wants a trade war. Everybody wants to get along. Everybody wants to have a deal. Everybody wants a good economy and good economics. So I think we all agree to that. But the approach that now China and the president are using is we're both pushing each other to try to come to the table to try to make a deal, but we're doing it kind of the hard way. We're doing it by, by hassling each other a little bit here. And as we increase these tariffs, everybody feels the pain a little bit. Now, granted, mathematically, things are different. You got to realize we import about $550 billion of goods from China. That's a lot. Conversely, China imports about $150 million, excuse me, ah, million, $150 billion of goods from us, from the United States. And so it's kind of interesting because when you start doing the math, I've read a number of different reports on this, but they say if we were to tariff everything, all the stuff coming in, all of the imports coming in, that would neg negatively impact China's GDP by 4%. Whereas if they tariffed everything that they could tariff on, on their side coming in, it's only 1% to our GDP. So even mathematically, we are in a stronger power position, which is good. I mean, you know, I guess if you're going to be negotiating something, it's better to be in that strong position. The other thing that's happening too is good golly, people turn on the news, man. Let's get into the, the, the current events. China is kind of falling apart right now. Their economy is slowing Things are doing very poorly. There's massive protests. They've got a lot of drama. Um, I mean, even this year, what did they start doing? Well, they, they started doing stimulus, kind of like we were doing with the um, quantitative easing and Operation Twist and all of these things over the last decade. When we were trying to come out of a recession, the government intervened with all of this monetary policy, monetary stimulus. Well, China's doing that right now to kind of keep the doors open. So, gosh, like I said, it's kind of hard to just sit here and talk to myself, but that's okay. We're going we're gonna to get through this. So, look, one of the things that I find fascinating is levels of debt. So, we always hear the term GDP, gross domestic product. Really, it's the, the productivity of a country. How much goods and services do we create? How much are we generating? So, that's an important component of that. And then part two is how much debt do we have? So it's like, you know, you could argue that, you know, if you have a bunch of debt, but you also have a bunch of income, then maybe the debt is manageable. Whereas if you have a bunch of debt and no income, that's a problem, right? You know, you got very serious issues. Now, the governments, these big countries, they get to play this game a lot bigger than all of us. They, um, you know, they can carry a lot more debt than any normal person can carry and, you know, in some mysterious way, always print more money to deal with it. 
The um, but look, hey, yeah, let's take a kind of a quick break here. I'm gonna drink some water and and reset my mind real fast. But look, if you're listening to this, if you have questions about the trade war, if you have questions about obviously what that impacts, and that's your own individual situation, your retirement income plan, your cash flow, your taxes, your investments, whatever it is, give me a call here at the Lynn Group. That's what we help people with. We help people get retired. We do retirement income planning. So give me a call, 805-500-7035. That's 805-500-7035. Certainly visit my main website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And just remember, we're located right here in the middle of Ventura on Victoria, right across from the government center. But I'm going to take just a real quick break. I'll be right back in a moment. Wouldn't it be nice to have an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? The Wealth Puzzle by Mike Mansfield from The Lind Group can provide you with the information to help you plan for the retirement you've dreamt of and may ease your financial concerns. The Wealth Puzzle will help give you the foundational information you need for retirement. Visit thelindgroup.com, that's L-Y-N-D, to request your complimentary copy today. That's thelindgroup.com. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Mike Mansfield. You're listening to Wealth Puzzle Radio. Um, I'm a certified financial planner. I focus on retirement income planning, but a big component of that is helping clients understand what's happening in the world, understanding um, all of these things that have an impact on their retirement and their situation. And this trade war is now become this giant looming cloud over everything. So that's kind of what we've been talking about for a few minutes is the trade war. And as of some current events recently, there was tariffs that were increased a couple weeks ago. And then just a handful of days ago, uh, on September 1st, new tariffs physically kicked in in the United States. And so the market was down and nobody likes that stuff. But hey, what I what in the last segment, the way I ended is I was talking about debt and I was saying, hey, if you carry a bunch of debt, you know, think of it as an individual. You know, if you have $5,000 of of debt obligations a month, a mortgage and a car payment and a credit card and all of this stuff. And you're only making $3,000 a month. You got a problem. But if you're making $20,000 a month, maybe you're very comfortable with that ratio. And so one of the things that we always look at is we look at debt to GDP. Remember GDP being the productivity of a country. How much do we produce? What is our income? What is our cash flow versus our debt? And so, I mean, gosh, we could have a history lesson here where we probably can go back to um, like Greece. Good golly, how long has it been since Greece? Was that 2013 to 15? So, you know, it's been a while. But hey, when their GDP got too high, all of a sudden, excuse me, when their debt got too high relative to their GDP, they couldn't support their debt anymore. And that's why Greece fell down. That's why they were all over the news with the rioting and the protesting and all of the stuff. It was total chaos. Well, look, people, China's debt is there. Their, G, their debt to GDP, when you look at China's debt, corporate debt, household debt, government debt, it is now, as of the first quarter of 2019, over 300% of their GDP. That is utter insanity. That is so much debt. They're practically drowning. I mean, it's almost incredible. And once again, China realizes it because they've always had good cash flow. And what's happened is they now have the slowest economy in almost 30 years. They're having the slowest growth. And so that's a problem because when when you have a bunch of growth and a bunch of GDP and everything's cruising along, 
you can kind of, you know, we'll deal with that stuff. We can deal with it. We can make it work. We can make the numbers work kind of a thing. But the problem is, is slow economy, massive debt, massive interest to service the debt. This is a huge problem for China. And they've done a lot of things to try to control this. Once again, they've They've done the, the, the loan prime rate, which is once a key interest rate reform, trying to boost the abilities of companies to borrow money at a cheaper rate. This is supposed to boost GDP, boost economic stimulus. It's all about that velocity of money. The quicker you can get companies to borrow money, the quicker you can get them to reinvest and buy things and hire people and do all this stuff. So China is doing everything that they can. You know, I was watching a show with my kids the other day. And there was a, um, I don't remember what it was. You know what it was? It was the karate kid. And the mom was, uh, I don't know, in her car, she had this old station wagon and they couldn't get it to start. And so they had to bump start it. And I was telling my kids about that. And I said, oh my gosh, I used to bump start cars. We had an old Volkswagen bug and some dirt bikes and things like that. And the kids are looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, what do you, what you had to do? What? This is so weird. But that's what's happening right now. China's working on the bump start. The more that they can reform interest rates, the more that they can get this stuff kind of going, maybe they can get one more cylinder firing. They can make a few more bucks to keep the party going here. So, whew, sorry, I'm getting all amped up. Like I said, I need, a, I need someone here to offset me. Now, look, let's take this the other way. You come back to the United States once again, right? United States, like them, love them, think whatever you want about them. But let's be fair. We have some of the strongest GDP we've had in a long time. First quarter GDP 19 was 3.2%. Second quarter was 2.1%. Third quarter GDP just got revised up to 2.1% also. So we're having stronger GDP growth than we've had for a long time. And certainly consistently over the last decade, even though the economy's been going up and the stock market's gone up for a decade, we're in the longest bull market ever. It's still been one of the slowest bull markets, right? That plow horse economy. But hey, we've got good, strong GDP. That's a positive. We still have companies that are making money. We still have things that are moving along. Um, you know, there's obviously a thought here where the Federal Reserve just lowered rates in July. But they lowered them a quarter basis point. It doesn't really do much mathematically to the economics of the stock market, things like that. But hey, what about our debt load, right? Don't we all hear, oh my gosh, we got so much debt, we're, we're hosed kind of a thing. What are we going to do? Deficit, deficit, deficit kind of stuff. So look, everybody, I would encourage everybody to go to usdebtclock.org, usdebtclock.org. This is a great website that if you want to throw up and, and feel sick and be sad, this is a great place to do it because there is so much overwhelming data on this website. You can see it all. How many people are in poverty? How many people are on food stamps? How many people are homeless? Uh, how many people are on Medicare? We can see the levels of debt. We can see, you know, what's funny is if you go to that website, usdebtclock.org, and you go to the upper left-hand corner, it's got the big number. It says the U.S. national debt, and it's basically $22.5 trillion at the moment. And then right to the right of it, they break that down. Of Well, if we all had to pay for it, how much debt per citizen? $68,000 per person in this country. And then kind of entertaining, if you go one more thing over, it says debt per taxpayer. Because remember, just because there's a citizen, not everybody's a taxpayer. And so if we broke the debt per taxpayer, it's $183,000 per person. So maybe we should all be patriotic and write some checks and get this thing paid off pretty ASAP. Okay, 
So then you go down in that first box just a little bit and it says federal debt to GDP ratio. Wait a second. This is what I was just talking about with China. Remember in, in the first quarter of 19, China's GDP was 300%. Excuse, oh my gosh, I keep saying this backwards. I'm sorry. Someone's going to correct me here. China's debt was 300% to their GDP. Ours currently is 105%. Is it high? Yes. But it's a third the size of China's. I mean, talk about completely different planets here of debt obligation. You know, ours is 100%. Theirs is 300%. It's three times bigger compared to their GDP. They have a massive amount of debt compared to us. That doesn't make our debt okay. That doesn't mean that we don't have to manage it and figure it out and sort it out. But geez Louise, when we start talking about negotiating power, the United States is in a significantly stronger position to negotiate a trade war or a trade truce or a trade deal or whatever we're going to call it. I mean, this is very interesting mathematically. Now, granted, China has proven that they can just kind of dig in and be patient and wait it out and they'll take the pain. So we'll see how that plays out. But at least mathematically, the U.S. is in a good place relative to China with all of this stuff. The, um, the other thing, though, if you're on that U.S. debt clock page, the other thing it talks about is our, our budget, our national budget deficit or surplus to our GDP ratio. And I think that that's interesting because what do we always hear? We always read headlines and headlines have a bad habit of doing what? Oh, telling us how bad things are and they're horrible. And guys, you better go hide under the rug, hide under the table, you know, hide in the woods, hide somewhere because things are so bad. And what's interesting is when you look at our national deficit versus our GDP, it's really not as bad as a ratio as someone would think. For example, our, our deficit to GDP ratio in 1980 was 2.2%. In 1990, it was 4%. Um, in 2000s, we actually had a surplus of 2.2%. So that was kind of the Clinton era. And then in 2010, it skyrockets. We had a massive deficit compared to our GDP because what's 2010? That's just a year and a half, not even a year and a half. I mean, that, yeah, a little over a year of coming into the recession, right? The great 2008 crash stock market deal. The deficit to GDP ratio skyrocketed to over 9%. I mean, that was, but it kind of goes back to that thing I was saying earlier where the economy was stopped. There was no GDP, there was no growth, and the government was spending as much money as they could to bump start the car. And so since 2010 to now, in 2010, the deficit to GDP was 9%. Currently, it's 4.6. It's fallen in half. Well, that's funny because in a visual sense, our debt is higher, our expenses are higher, our obligations are higher, and every headline reads how horrible all this debt is, which it is but it's actually massively improved over the last decade and it's very comparable to what it was in the nineties. So, you know, even from a inflation adjustment standpoint, we're very in line with some historical norms. So as bad as that is, we got to manage our household finances. It might not be as offensive as we think. So anyways, I'll probably kind of wrap it up there. Maybe next week what I'll do is I'll tear apart this usdebtclock.org website because there's so much information. It talks about all of our mortgage debt and our student loans and it talks about our unfunded liabilities and 
all the different things that we can see, what our budget deficit is, what our tax revenue is. It's pretty entertaining. I would encourage everybody to look at it. So, hey, thanks for tuning in. And remember, the trade war is scary. It's exhausting. It makes great headlines. It's probably a necessary evil, though. There's been a lot of things that have gone on with dysfunctional trade, with stealing of intellectual property that China has been doing for a long time. And as painful as this is, if we can get a deal done, the hope is we'll be in a much better place at that point. So I appreciate all of the listeners. If you have questions, thoughts, opinions about the show, the things I'm talking about, please call me 805-500-7035. You can email me by visiting our website, thelindgroup.com. Lind is L-Y-N-D. And hey, if you want to call in and schedule a complimentary consultation, I'll give you a a copy of one of my books, How Your Financial Planner Failed You, which is a great guide to establishing a proper retirement income plan. So, hey, we look forward to hearing from anybody. 805-500-7035. Thanks for tuning in. Everybody have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Wealth Puzzle. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit them online at thelindgroup.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by the Lind Group Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of California. Insurance products and services are offered through the Lind Group LLC. The Lind Group LLC and the Lind Group Advisors LLC are not affiliated companies. Lind Group LLC the Lind Group Advisors LLC and Michael Mansfield are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.